Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com slash podcasting. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode number 41 for May 25th, 2006, TrueCrypt. Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway. On the web at www.astaro.com. Steve seems to have hidden today. In fact, uh, there's, there's some plausible deniability that he was ever here. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's time for Security Now with Steve Gibson. And, uh, and I'm making a joke because today we're going to cover uh, our favorite encryption program. It it really is. Um, it's it's like a bunch of guys over a long period of time who are not in a big hurry, just worked out the most perfectly feature packed like right set of things with no agenda. No, they were not trying to force anything on anyone. It's just, I mean, as I as I browse the manual, as I was doing this morning, preparing to, to sit down and sort of like fresh myself up on the whole thing, I just had this wonderful feeling like, okay, this is what open source and the whole open source community is, is, is you know, can produce when it really works well. Is, so this is a traditional open source. We're talking about TrueCrypt. This is a traditional open source project. Yes. Um, There's not just is, one guy. It's a bunch of people working uh, on it. it. It's clearly a bunch of people. You can And you can feel the influence of, of a team, which is really what you want in an open source mode, where you know people were using it, and someone said, hey, what about this? And bloop, now it's a feature. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it just it the, true crypt. It's spelled T R U E C R Y P T, and and the site is www.truecrypt.org. It is a it is now running on on Windows 2000 and XP. They the very old version, only 1.0, ran on the the 95.98 ME group of machines and and there was a lot, a lot of things have been fixed in it since then so you really shouldn't be using it on on a really old machine but it it runs on the newer windows platforms it runs it's now running on the 64-bit platforms under windows and they've got it running under linux and they're they in fact all of the recent work has been in adding features to it over on the Linux side, although windows has also benefited in some ways and their plans are to also move it to OS X. Wow, that's great. Great news. Now, uh, when you're talking about encryption software, uh, it seems to me, and I'd like you to let me know what you think, that open source is really the only way to go. It's the only way to be sure there's no backdoor, that it works as advertised, that it actually uses those algorithms properly. You, you almost have to go open source, don't you? Oh, I agree. I mean, for for this kind of project, you... You know, the last thing you would want to do would be to download something from WhiteHouse.gov. And <laughs> or NSA.gov. Or NSA. Oh, tr- trust us. <laughs> but, of course, and now we know they have huge influence with private industry as well. So SBC or Verizon. I mean, exactly. frankly, I think it's safe to assume that any commercial enterprise in the United States, large commercial enterprise in the United States, may well 
uh, any encryption it offers may well have a backdoor. Well, and the beauty is there is nothing this is missing. Not only is it all open source, but I mean, I, I guess the point is that there's no reason that you need anything more than this. This is open source. This is using well-proven, academically pounded-on encryption algorithms, exactly like the stuff we, we were talking about in our crypto series. I mean, here's just a, a beautiful application of of those concepts that that i mean they're just there wouldn't be a, i can't imagine a reason to go buy something from Symantec or or not that they have anything like this but i mean it just this is like this is done now this, this problem has been done. this yeah. has been solved so tell me a little bit about how it, it works and, and what you can do with it well yeah let, let's talk about what true crypt is the the idea is it is for for storing um powerfully encrypted data on computer media typically for example this came up in last week's q a we had um one one person asked i think um the name name was kim i don't know if that was him or her but um kim asked uh she was uh he or she had a corporate laptop and was worried about the laptop being stolen and was was wondering you know what what about bios passwords and and hard drive locking and so forth the problem is that that even a locked hard drive can be unlocked by the drive's manufacturer. The drive's contents, even when the drive is locked, is not encrypted. Um, you know, the Xbox was, I think, the first commercial place other than the uh, IBM ThinkPads that we saw drives being locked and, and, and the, the fact that it's possible to get around that in various ways. So what you really want is is the data that you care to protect to be powerfully encrypted what TrueCrypt is and what makes it special is that it's an on-the-fly disk encryption system it it installs a device driver into your OS which basically creates a virtual drive out of either a source file or a source partition so for example um, you, you then have a drive where anything you write to the drive as it goes into the drive through this TrueCrypt device driver uses state-of-the-art, symmetric, very fast encryption to turn that data into noise. It is, it is never not encrypted when it's on the drive. So there's no way that anything can like like catch it part way done or not finished or you know like where you walk away from your computer and and you forgot to like encrypt whatever it was you just did everything ever written to a true crypt volume is always encrypted and 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 then of course this process is reversed in the other direction anything you read from it is is again symmetrically decrypted and 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 returned back into the clear so from your computer standpoint you're just looking at a drive letter and you can't tell that it's an encrypted volume it's just you know it looks to to your computer like any other drive and in fact I'll give you an, an example of how I myself use this. Um, I created a, a true crypt volume that is 
a little bit smaller than a CD. So, for example, a or a CDR. A CDR can store 700 megabytes. So my my TrueCrypt volume is um, 680 megs. So what I have is I have a file on my system, which is a TrueCrypt volume, and I actually have it, you know, in my Windows directory. It could be anywhere. Is it? It's a visible file. It's a visible file, and and. When, whenever I start my system, there's all kinds of auto run and auto start things. You're able to make, to like permanently mount volumes, to, re, to require passwords, to make them optional, to, to make them required the first time, but then you, you, TrueCrypt can be asked to cache them. So when you try to remount the volume, it'll try mounting the volume with all the passwords it's seen, and in case any of them work, then it mounts. So, I mean, it's just, again, it's, it's got so many features that they sort of just give you this feeling that this is a really mature solution. This is, you know, a lot of the stuff that you find on SourceForge and is open source is just kind of like, uh, it's still at version, you know, 0.0296 or something. You know, I mean, and it feels like they're not ready yet to call it 1.0. Well, this is currently version 4.1 and I mean it feels that way so anyway in my application I've created a sort of a virtual CD volume that is I've created a I have a file which is 680 megs in size TrueCrypt mounts it as a drive letter anytime I want to to store stuff archivally that I want like an extra copy of I just store it on that drive. Well, over time, of course, it fills up. Um, the stuff I'm storing is not big. I'm not needing to archive, you know, huge stuff. Mostly, it's source code. And so, what, what I'm doing is I'm I'm maintaining a, a a a source code code archive of the things I work on, the the projects I have that I that I absolutely want to make sure I don't lose. But I also don't want to lose control. Of that code, so so finally this thing fills up, and I'm from time to time I'm checking to see how full it is. Well, what I end up with is a TrueCrypt volume where the where that file which is which is living on my 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 main drive on my C drive is is seen by TrueCrypt as a drive letter. It's actually still just a file, but it's a file of noise. I mean, because it is encrypted, there is there's no value to it unless you know what the password is that decrypts it. So what I do is I then burn that to a couple CDRs, and ah. I send I send one to my attorney, and I send one <laughs> home, and I send one home to mom. Uh, and, and it's half and half. It's it's not. Is it the same file on two, or is it... No, no, it, it, they are redundant copies. Oh, okay. Because... I thought you might be splitting it in half and making it really hard to figure out. No, well, because <laughs> I wouldn't want anything... See, the, the idea is you that... You have multiple copies. I have multiple yeah. copies. Yeah. They're, in, they're in geographically different locations. Right. And, um, and that I don't have to worry about, you know, m- mom sticking it in her CD player by mistake or leaving it on the coffee table. Because your or, attorney or, has a copy. <laughs> or her, well, be, because, because it is a true crypt volume burned on a CD, right. it is absolutely useless. It's noise. To, it is noise. It is, I mean, as we now, know from, from our talking about, about cryptography. Do you give the attorney and your mom the passkey or no? No, um, they can't use the, it. They can't look they, at it. It's of no use to them. They, from from their standpoint, it's just an opaque 
disc that that they're saving for me That's in nice. case I ever need for whatever reason to come and get it from them or ask them to send it back to me. So it's it's remote, it is absolutely secure, and I don't have to at all worry about anyone getting their hands on it. It's only of value to me when I then apply my, my password. So let's talk a little bit more about um, TrueCrypt and, and some of the features. First of all, you you one of the nicest ways, sort of convenient ways, is to create a file container. That is a file of a certain size which contains the volume. Um, it, it's just nice because you can create them on the fly. You, you can create ad hoc TrueCrypt volumes out of files, store stuff in there, and do whatever you want to with them. The other reason that's nice is that it supports its use on a USB key. So, for example, you would create a USB key. You would you would create a a probably one large file that is not using the entire key because you want to leave room for a TrueCrypt itself. The TrueCrypt XE is not super big. You can you're able to specify what features you want to include, and then the the balance of the USB key is this one big file. Well, the, the advantage of that is that gives you portability, which TrueCrypt, TrueCrypt specifically supports in what they call traveler mode, where all the various settings are kept on an XML file. I mean, and, and here's, here's an, another example of them doing things right. TrueCrypt never keeps any of its own settings in the registry. It deliberately keeps all of its settings in an XML file, which is inherently portable and will be version compatible. So, so again, it's they, they've just done things right. They don't want to leave anything in the registry. They want you to have throughout the design of this is this notion of plausible deniability that we'll talk about in a little bit more in a second. But but in traveler mode, you, you move the TrueCrypt program to a USB key, fill the rest with a large file, which you then format as a TrueCrypt volume. Now you've got the ability to carry a, a USB dongle around with you, which you can stick into any machine you want. And, in fact, the traveler mode creates an auto-run INF file, on the root of that, and it'll also do the same thing for for a self-running CD if you want to use uh, CDs in this way, um, so that you stick this in, it'll run TrueCrypt, mount your your TrueCrypt volume as a drive letter, and now and then of course prompt you for your secret password, which you need in order you need to supply in order to unlock it. Presuming, and I, I imagine you would uh, want to require human intervention, but again. All of these things are, are user-configurable. Um, Sometimes for convenience, people make it so that it automatically logs in when they log into Windows, kind of like the Windows encryption. But uh, that does mean, seem a little bit less secure. It is certainly more convenient. So you'd recommend having it ask for a password, a separate well, passphrase each well, time. Uh, again, I, I think it's, it's really a function of how you're using it and and what you're doing this for but I think most people would require that and and here again we, we come back to our discussion of passwords because a strong password is required TrueCrypt in in standard you know 
um, good crypto mode allows you to use completely random gibberish of, this, of up to 64 characters. So, for example, going to my passwords page at GRC is a perfect way to get, you know, a super strong password that, that you would use and store somewhere. Now, I mean, again, I, I, there's so much to talk about here because, for example, not only does TrueCrypt base your password on what you give it, but you can even use other files as password material. Oh. That is, for example, you might have an MP3 sitting in your media directory of Windows. Well, TrueCrypt knows that, that that's a file which is providing keying material. Wow. And, and so it uses, it basically, it creates a fingerprint of the file. It hashes the file to create some, some password material, which it then merges with what you provide. So it's not even just like, oh, and this can be multiple files <laughs> in whatever order you want. They, they are, it never writes to them. It only reads to them. There is no way for anyone who analyzes your volume to, de to determine what it is that you're using as seed material so so even if someone had a password if unless they knew which files you also had tied the decryption to even then the password would, would be useless to them but don't lose those files <laughs> you could be in trouble oh, oh I, I, absolutely you would be you know in serious trouble there's no way uh, of reversing this in any way so there's no back door if you lose a password you lose the files well it, you it, lost it's, the data that, that's exactly right. Now there are some things they've done. The the way to think of of these TrueCrypt volumes is that there's a there's a master key which the which encrypts the entire volume. That master key is stored in a header, but at no point is does anything look anything different from noise. That is, these guys have gone nuts in terms of plausible deniability so that there's, there's nothing stored in a TrueCrypt volume file or a TrueCrypt partition that doesn't look like purely random data. There's, and there, there's like no, you know, how most file headers will like talk about what type of file they are. And you can, you can tell by looking at the header what the rest of it is. There's nothing like that here. And in would fact, you, would, would you want to um, not use a, I mean, if a file is kind of a flag that here's some, here's some secret stuff. If, if you use the partition, it would, it could look like an empty partition. Right, just a, an unused partition. Yes, it, it, it would look like an, uh, an unused partition. Although you know, you could bury the file somewhere and and name it something that looks. I mean, you could name your TrueCrypt volume um, Best of Security Now MP3. Yeah, but if somebody looked at it and realized it wasn't, uh, they might then. Well, the reason I ask is because, of, and we talked about this on Twit. The British government is now proposing that if they if they demand of a criminal or a suspect a suspect in a criminal investigation that he decrypt it or give you the password uh, and if he doesn't you'll go to jail uh, they're proposing that that be uh, implemented in britain and i imagine the u.s and other countries will, will try such a thing if they know it's they say well look here's some data it must be secret but if they can't um, if they if they look at a partition and it just looks like an empty partition they're not even going to know to ask for a password right um, well, believe it or not, the TrueCrypt guys even have that covered. Uh -huh. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so well done. What they have is they have the notion of a hidden 
partition within a true crypt volume oh. so so you're able to take a true crypt volume and like only use half of it and maybe and, put some real data in the half you know just like my, well, no, my, my your fact, grocery list you would no you would want to have something that looked like stuff you wouldn't want someone to have ah. Yes. Thus, thus the reason Why for it looking like you right. had encrypted it. Right. But the fact is, you're able to have another encrypted uh, volume using the unused space of the main one. And once again, there is no way to prove that the that the unused space is it does contain another encrypted volume because. TrueCrypt always fills the entire volume with random data when it formats it. So, so, so the, clever. That is oh, it's just, so clever. I mean, just from one end to the other, these guys have, have thought of everything. So your entire TrueCrypt volume is filled with random data. And as we know, strongly encrypted data is is indecipherable, which is probably the wrong choice of words in this case, from from random data. You can't. It, it looks exactly the same as random data. So, so if someone came to you and said, you know, we know you have encrypted data on this computer. We demand you give us your key. So you hem and haw and you know put up a good fight and then give it to them. Uh, what they get when they decrypt it is something that makes them think, oh. Well, maybe we got the wrong guy here. Or, I mean, I don't want to sound like we're encrypting We're not encouraged criminals, but the whole point of this is if you are uh, a freedom fighter, if you're not a criminal, but let's say the government decides it doesn't like you for whatever reason, by refusing to decrypt whatever that data is, they can throw you in jail. Or maybe your ex-wife's attorneys don't don't like you that much. So so this way you have more than plausible deniability. You can be cooperative and say, oh, yes, it's all my uh, social security numbers in there and Please you feel know, free. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a fanatic about keeping my phone bills, you know, just like the NSA. So um, I keep. <laughs> well, you, I keep, you have to forgive so us for mine. being a little bit paranoid, but it, but there is perhaps cause for paranoia. And you know, if you talk about the right to bear arms, I think there should be a right to bear encryption and uh, right, and it's it's part of the right to privacy. And that's and so, all we're so, talking so, about. So so the beauty of this approach is you're able to divulge the information, let the authorities have the data, yet still within that same container have a secondary encrypted volume that uses a different password and is 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 again completely secure. Wow. I mean that's really they, that's really amazing. They really did a great job. Now with um with the newest version, you don't have to pre-assign the maximum size of a file-based volume. It is able to grow dynamically uh using something that the the NTFS file system calls um, sparse files where you're able to sort of like pre-allocate a large container but it doesn't actually use space on your disk until you actually require it which is a new feature that um, TrueCrypt is now supporting. I ought to mention though that if if anyone wants to like try the um, the CD archiving approach which I love you do need to use a FAT32 container not an NTFS container because if it came if you ever wanted to to mount one of those CDs Windows will not mount an NTFS file on read-only media it'll only mount a FAT32 file 
on read-only media. But of course, since the thing's only going to be 680 megs anyway, right. FAT32 is is fine right. for that. Right. And, and there's then, no and there's no limit uh, for uh, uh, sizes uh, on drives. It's just it, the the limit would be on uh, on CDs. Exactly. Right. If, yeah. if you're wanting to, to to spool it out there, right. and um and you could also um, instead go to DVD format instead of CD. I mean, if you really wanted to store, you know, four point seven gigs per disk of of encrypted stuff, if you had that much that you really needed to encrypt, um, and there again, you need to use the UDF format when you burn this to DVD because. Um, uh, you'll end up with a two gig file size limit otherwise. So, so that's something to keep in mind. But in, you know, in terms of features, the the you might be concerned. Okay, I've I've got my TrueCrypt volume mounted, um, and I'm using my computer. And for whatever reason, somebody approaches me in a coffee shop. Um, you know, the the boss at work, uh, um, your kids, or who? I mean, who knows? Whatever this the the situation is, the presumption is that you want to be able to close that quickly. Um, they the, all the technology is there to do that. If you do, if you don't use it for a certain amount of time, it will auto dismount the drive so that it is then it, it typically w- w- would require a password in order to regain access so for example you could just if it's something you wanted to make sure stayed secure you could just say i only want this to remain available for 2 minutes which of course would be an inconvenience if it was something you were using all the time but it would be a life saving thing or crypto saving thing if if it was something you just needed access to from time to time but you worried you might forget to dismount mm. it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um similarly when you log out you can have TrueCrypt d- dismount the volumes when your screensaver kicks in so that you know you, you're at work and you get up from your desk screensaver kicks in or or you match for example you could use my little wismo utility to start the screensaver on a single button click um and that automatically dismounts any uh, TrueCrypt volumes that you have said you want dismounted at that time. This is a particularly good idea, I think, for those of us who use laptops to TrueCrypt our data drives on the laptop because laptops get stolen. Well, and that was that, that was exactly the 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 um, the the advice that I gave to um, our, our our questioner last oh, yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, was was for example, set up a laptop. Now, one thing TrueCrypt cannot do is it cannot encrypt an existing partition. There actually are very good security reasons for it refusing to do so, because having a snapshot of the partition before encryption and after encryption could give a crypto crypto analyst a lot of material. So TrueCrypt refuses to encrypt an existing partition. If you wanted to do this, for example, you'd have to to back up the partition to some other drive, move, you know, basically move that data off of your laptop. You'd want to make sure you really had it safely off. M- you know, maybe burn a copy, uh, a couple copies of DVD, or just move it to another drive and make sure you've got it safe. Then you would you would create from that existing partition, like your D partition, D for data. You would create a TrueCrypt volume in that, which inherently, as we said, fills it with random data. Now it is it is ready to receive its contents, so now you simply restore that backed up drive or that backed up content 
over into ah. the D drive, which is a true crypt partition, and now you're good to go. You've got you've got your C, which is you know a, a minimal size Windows, just enough to hold your apps and to boot, and then all the precious stuff that you care about. Oh, and you are able to run applications from a true crypt drive. It looks just like any other Windows drive, so you could install apps over there if you wanted to, or run things from there that you didn't want for security reasons to put over on your C drive, and it. It, it all works correctly. Uh, you know, Windows XP Professional has similar kind of hard drive encryption uh, built into it. Um, is there a reason to use TrueCrypt over XP Professional's built-in encryption? I just, I just feel more comfortable yeah. with this. I mean, I know what it is. The source code is there. It has, you know, features coming out its ears. Uh, the ability to, for example, put 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 CD volumes and USB volumes and and from my way of thinking, you know, this is a nice multi-platform solution. Oh, and the 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 volumes are transportable across OS versions. So, oh. for example, so so there is one thing. For example, That's if you ever reason, need, yeah. if you ever needed to move a, or to view something created under Windows under OS X, once TrueCrypt supports OS X or under Linux, you have that, and you don't have to worry about you know, I mean. Uh, about forward compatibility, you know, they just got that nailed. There's another issue with Windows encryption that I come across a lot helping people. Uh, the way it works is it stores certificates into the encrypted directory, which people sometimes forget to copy. It's not enough merely to have the passphrase. You also need the certificate. It's kind of like that file hash uh, system that uh, TrueCrypt uses. It, and if you don't have the certificates, even if you know the password, you will not be able to decrypt that volume. Uh, and I think people frequently lose their data in Windows because they don't know about this, these, these certificates they have to copy as well. Well, and, yes, and you've just demonstrated that there is no plausible deniability right. you, using, a certificate. <laughs> using Windows crypto right, right. in that sort of mode. You know, the world knows, anyone who cares to look at your machine knows you've got an encrypted volume. You're not able to say, oh, no, that's just a bunch of junk, or, no. or it used to hold data, but now it doesn't anymore. Right. Those, those uh, certificates, I, I misspoke, are not stored in the encrypted volume, but stored in the Windows directory, so... Okay. Yeah, all you'd have to do is, is look in their Windows directory and then see the certificates and say, oh, I guess he's got some something he's hiding. Right. Let's go see. Right. So anyway, um, it is I, I encourage anyone who has, you know, a need for storing data either on their own machine in, in, in a in a laptop uh, in a laptop environment where you know there's a chance it could get stolen in, in uh, you know where, where you've got any kind of sensitive data um, TrueCrypt, oh it's got a, it's uh, uh, the the XE that you download has a beautiful user's manual they're, they they they've got their their manual is in web page form online and I wasn't able to find a PDF on their site but when when you download the XE and and install TrueCrypt, it does bring with it a nice PDF, you know, print it out, sit down, read through the manual once, you'll end up with a, a really secure, really useful tool for, you know, just any kind of application where, I mean, for example, you could even create a small TrueCrypt file, put a bunch of files in it, and mail them to someone. I mean, the, and, and again, you need to give them the password over a secure channel, but you could also use it for, you know, secure file transport or temporary storage on an FTP server or on a web server or, or wherever. I mean, you know, really, it's so flexible. And that's one, again, that's one of the reasons I like it better than, than the, 
the um, a, a solution that's tied to Windows XP is that it it anything you can think of to um, uh, in, in the application space, you can apply TrueCrypt on. Although I'd say because it's not public key crypto, it's not it's not public private key. Uh, it's probably not as good as say PGP for encrypting and emailing things or encrypting emails. But uh, it's it's you know I mean it's it's really for a different purpose. Right. It, it's not something that is is as convenient for like on the fly crypto. Right. But um, if you wanted some way to to store or archive or again even even to send data. It's possible. Now, one last thing I'll mention is that there is a header uh, I start, that I started to talk about in any TrueCrypt volume, although the, the header is not like we think of, as I was saying before. It's not something that you can see as a header, but it's, it's think of it as, as, as private TrueCrypt header data. That contains the master key for the rest of the volume and that's what you are decrypting when you provide the the raw material oh. files or your password clever so the you reason, only decrypt the header and then the header decrypts the rest exactly and in fact what what's really cool is there are there you're able to choose among many different algorithms there's a whole, I mean it's just a whole uh, pile of of uh, hashing and crypto algorithms, and for people who are super security conscious, you can even chain algorithms. So use Blowfish followed by AES followed by Truefish or something. I mean, it's just it, it's it, if you really wanted to go overboard, which is what I think that would be, you're able to do that. I presume What's, the defaults are acceptable. I really think they yeah, are. Okay. Um, the I mean, which is would just be to use AES, and it's also going to be faster that way. Again, there's going to be a, a, a speed versus overkill crypto trade-off. But what's cool is that it, the system doesn't know what what crypto format you chose. And one of the I loved it. One of the questions in in the FAQ is why can't I choose whatever sequence of crypto? I want, why do I have to choose from among the list they provide? Well, the reason is the way TrueCrypt determines the algorithm is by trying them all. Oh, my. <laughs> because it doesn't know. Nowhere does it, because it, if, if it's stored it in the file, then you lose plausible deniability right. if it's stored anywhere. So what it does is it takes the files you've provided it, for, if you use file-based keying or just your password, and it tries, it uses your password against all of the various flavors <laughs> that it offers until one of them works. <laughs> I love it. It's just beautiful. And and finally, in a, in a corporate mode, say, for example, the the the, the, the the question that was asked last week about, you know, the, the sense I got was this person had lots of employees who who they wanted to who, who needed by their job to store sensitive corporate data or client data on their laptops. Um, there's a problem if if cor if corporate IT set up the D drive, you know, the the uh, cryptid and the, the encrypted partition or drive with um with an existing set of keys, and then the employee were to change the key and forget it because there is no back door. There is no way if you lose this key, you are seriously hosed. So anyway, what's very cool is even that's been considered. Once you set up a, a partition, you're able to back up the header 
That is, you, 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 you can separately store, it's like about a 1K file. You back up the header and store it somewhere safe. Then the the employee could come along and change their password. Oh, this is great! Um, but they are they are you are never able to change the master key or the crypto used because once that's been laid down, the entire partition is encrypted that way. So, so it's, like, it's beauty- almost like having a PKI. You now have a second key that will always work. Exactly the. Uh, if the employee forgot their key after changing it from what, what corporate IT set up, oh, and of this. course, as we know, prudent security policy says you should change your keys from time to time. Or maybe, for example, you were at a client site and you were, and they may have seen you entering your key to unlock your drive. In that case, you certainly would want to change it afterwards. So, so the point is the, the, the user separate from IT department, could be free to change it all the time. And if they ever forgot it, IT is able to restore the original header, which which brings back with it the original password. You've got a and key th- store. That's great. And then, and then you can hand it back to the employee and say, okay, now don't forget it next time. It's really impressive. I and mean, this is really exactly uh, what's needed. I'm thinking uh, probably a good thing for me to do, even though I don't have any application for it right now, would be to take one of my many USB keys and make it a TrueCrypt volume and just have it rolling around in case I ever needed to put something on there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's for people who are security conscious, this problem is solved. Yeah, I mean, many people wonder about how to carry dongles, you know, USB keys around that are that are going to be secure. What if someone, you know, if they left it behind or forgot it? Um, the, it, it TrueCrypt's Traveler Mode does that uh, for any kind of long-term archiving, which is what I use it for. I, you know, I, I absolutely want to keep long-term archives. I need them to be physically removed. I mean. You know, in case the, the, the my office burned down, or or uh, I was burglared, or, or or something happened, so I need to physically move them somewhere. Yet I don't want to lose control of of the security of that. TrueCrypt does this for you. I mean, it, it, it's a it, it's what I like about it is that it's a toolkit that you can apply in just all kinds of different ways. Very slick, very slick. Speaking of great toolkits. I want to thank Astaro for supporting the show and providing a great security toolkit for people who have to protect themselves online. The Astaro Security Gateway, A-S-T-A-R-O dot com. A really useful free distribution for home users and for corporate. There's hardware as well. It's a really great way to protect yourself. I also want to say that the uh, Gateway offers easy migration for Novell Border Manager users. A lot of folks still using it, particularly, uh, I think, in uh, universities. ASG version 6.2 features a new single sign-on capability for eDirectory clients, an eDirectory browser, and a generic proxy server. So you're not stuck. Check out Astaro's Border Manager Migration Wiki at astaro.com slash border manager. And, of course, if you have uh, hard drive problems, there's no better place to go than GRC.com for Spinrite. Spinrite's the ultimate disk maintenance and recovery utility. You want to see some testimonials? Spinrite.info is a great place to go. S-P-I-N-R-I-T-E dot I-N-F-O. If I, I, I think everybody who has hard drives ought to have Spinrite. Just my personal feeling. Uh, it helps. Uh, it helps so many people constantly, Leo. Yeah. I, I'm just glad to do it. Yeah, it makes Steve feel good too. And uh, and of course, uh, if you head to grc.com/securitynow.htm, you'll find transcripts 
uh, of each and every show. Thanks to Elaine and our 16 kilobit version for the bandwidth impaired and show notes as well. That's grc.com slash security now dot H T M. What are we going to talk about next week? Have we run out of topics? Oh, no. Next <laughs> week, you know, last week in, in answering Q&A, we talked about Skype several times, and we were talking about that relay node and about how NAT routers um, sometimes need help to find each other. Next week, we're going to talk about what what it means to be peer-to-peer friendly. What is a peer-to-peer friendly NAT router? Um, and, and what is the technology that allows two people, both behind NAT routers, to create a connection? Because traditionally, that's been impossible, but that problem has been solved. And not with universal plug-and-play, I might add. Uh, and not by opening ports, <laughs> no, exactly. a safe way to do it. That's next week, every Thursday, another great episode of Security Now with Steve Gibson. We're glad you joined us this week, and we'll see you next time on Security Now. Security Now.